One plus one, still two, right? One plus one always equals two. This is Tim, this is New York Giants Straight Talk. Haven't done a video in a while, decided I want to jump on the mic because the Saquon Barkley deadline is fast approaching. The Giants in some ways are playing a dangerous game of chicken. You could also say that potentially Saquon Barkley is playing that same game, but I know a lot of teams, a lot of teams, a lot of fans think the Giants have all the leverage. You know, they have him tagged. He's going to give up $10 million if he sits out the season. If he doesn't sally forward and sign his, his, his tag by the 17th or, an ex, or accept a contract, that it's all on the Giants. It's all, all the marbles are on the Giants' side of the table. That's not true. And this is the scary thing. Giants had a great season last year. They had an unexpected season. We all know that. Nine wins, playoff win, playoff win in Minnesota, got trounced against a real team in Philadelphia. But they had a season that was, if you, if you break down the dichotomy of the season, you had two segments of it. You had, you had your 7-2 and two season, and then you had your second half. And the second half was not as well played, and, 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 and you know they're, they're, some of the warts were exposed. And also because of the fact that teams focused on Barkley and stopped the Giants offense. Giants offense, you could say whatever you... This is the funny thing. This is what makes me laugh. Jason Garrett ran the same vanilla-style offense for two years. And had... Daniel Jones had better stats in those two years, but he also missed a bunch of those games in those two years. If you extrapolated what he was doing, he probably would have had very similar stats. So it's not like the Giants threw caution to the wind and opened up the offense. No, they were a ground-and-pound team, short passes, designed short passes. We've talked about this a million times before. They kind of went back to the Shermer playbook. Shermer, Daniel Jones' first year, we've talked about this ad nauseum, was a genius. He took a rookie quarterback. He cut half the field. He cut the field in half for him, gave him two options, and the third option was the run. And that's what Kafka and Dable did again. This was a repeat of Daniel Jones's rookie season. Play action rollout, the tight end or the wide receiver is not available. You run with the ball, and this is what the, this is the Giants' offense. This was literally the Giants' offense for an extended period of time. But the difference is you had Saquon Barkley. The difference was Saquon Barkley was running the rock effectively in that seven and two start, and they didn't have to rely on Daniel Jones when they had to rely more on Daniel Jones. You know, things kind of reverted to back to what they were. So for everyone to sit there and say the Giants have no, I mean, the Giants have all the power and Saquon has none, that's not true. I, I, this 2023 season is still going to rely heavily on Saquon Barkley in the running game. Yes, you have Matt. You, we, you know, we, we, we drafted the rookie. But none of, neither one of them are Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is, and we talked about this before, if the Giants sit there, and the fan base sits there, and fans outside of New York sits there, and teams out there sits there, you know, look at the Giants. The first thing they can they think about is Saquon Barkley. It's usually the first words out of their mouth is Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. You don't really hear a lot of talk, people initially talking about Daniel Jones. It's always Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones because of the fact that that's what the reliance was on this offense. I talked about it on the stream yesterday, and some people were, people were like, because I mentioned, you know, Saquon Barkley to me seems like the kind of guy that could walk away from football. 
He's intelligent. He's articulate. He could do other things. Yes, I think he loves the game. Yes, I think he loves the sport. But I also think if a push came to shove and it was it was in reference to his financial, you know, commitments and what he could potentially do for the rest of his life, I think he would say he could, he could potentially say, you know what, I, I, I'm good sitting out a year. I'm good sitting out two years. He seems like he has that type of mentality. Even though he's a fierce trainer, even though he works hard in the offseason, there have been players who have just hung it up. I've talked about it before. I've talked about Barry Sanders, talked about uh, Megatron. You know, you talked about the likes uh, like Patrick Willis, you know, linebacker with the 49ers. Guys at the top of their games that just quit. You know, so, you know, you know, this, you know, it's it was it worth it? No. You have other players that did the same thing. I'm not saying Saquon Barkley's gonna retire, but I'm also not gonna sit there and tell you he's not going to look at his entire future outside of football and sit there and maybe make a mental decision that says, listen, yeah, I could get $10 million, but I also can get X amount of endorsements. My thing is this. If Saquon Barkley decides to go, you know, the the media avenue in reference to maybe television, you know, being an announcer, being an analyst, I think he could do that. I think he'd be great at that. I think he has that presence. But like I said, I think he's a guy that if he walked away for a year – I think he'd be fine with that. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying I have any insight, but I'm just saying he just seems like that kind of guy that football does not run his life. It It is a huge part of his life right now because it is his job. And anyone that is good at their trade puts in the effort and puts in the work to, makes them, to make themselves better. And I laugh because I saw an article that uh, Saquon wants to get back to catching the ball. You know, he had over 700 yards catching that rookie season. And ever since Daniel Jones fully took over the, over the reins, his, his, his catches have dropped serendipitously. And I think a lot of that's the quarterback. I don't think a lot of that's the running back. Eli understood how to use Saquon Barkley. Eli understood how to put Saquon in positions that would allow him to succeed, would allow him to excel. We've talked about this before. In Daniel Jones's rookie season, Saquon Barkley's best games came with Eli Manning under center. And we always said that's because of the fact that Eli Manning was a 14-year veteran. He understood what he needed to do and what, you know, where to put his players into position to make them successful. And Daniel Jones was a rookie. But I haven't seen that progression going into year five in reference to how he's putting Saquon Barkley in positions where he can help excel and help the team, especially in the passing game. Because Saquon Barkley is a talent in regards to the passing game. I think a lot of the problems that he has with Daniel Jones as quarterback is ball placement. If you watch some of Saquon Barkley's drops, if you watch some of Saquon Barkley's issues, if you watch some of the problems that he has in the passing game, it's the, it's the position of where the ball was put into what position from Daniel Jones. I'm not saying every pass was, but I'm saying the majority of them are. And I will you, go back to his second season and go back to a couple years ago. Both times Saquon Barkley got hurt on passing plays was because of the fact that the ball was not put in the correct position by Daniel Jones. It's it's a fact of life. Accuracy isn't just about your completion percentage. Accuracy is also about where where you put positionally put the ball and that where you're creating your throwing window, where you're creating the ability to throw a wide receiver open. Everyone looks at, yeah, it's a 67% completion percentage, but you also have to look at where the ball is placed and how the ball is placed and what position he is putting his players in either to make a catch and excel or not. 
And I don't think Saquon, and I love that Saquon Barkley is focusing on his speed and he's focusing on his burst and he's focusing on everything else to get himself better. But I don't think a lot of it is him. Let's just, let's just be honest. And we don't like to be honest. A lot of giant fans don't like to be honest because of the fact that if you're honest about things and you look at things from a football assessment, you're not going to like what you see. I don't know what the giants are going to do this year. I have no idea. I don't have a record prediction because I have no clue because of the fact that they, yes, they have brought in new pieces, but a lot of the new pieces they brought in have issues. You know, you got Waller, but Waller hasn't played consistently in two seasons. You got Paris Campbell, but Paris Campbell has had one injury free season out of his first, what, four, you know, you got Bobby O'Karake who I love, but the problem is you overpaid for it. If you look at the market, for an off-the-ball linebacker, we overpaid to get him. So he's going to have to – he is really going to have to step up and make plays for this defense because of the fact that I don't think they even – I don't think they solidified this linebacking core to the, to the ability that it needs to, have been, to be to help against the run. So, like I said, you bring in guys – and you, you know, and we also brought in guys on veteran minimum deals. And the reason, and and people are like, well, this guy's going to excel. Well, he's on a veteran minimum deal for a reason, and and that's what I don't think some people get. He's on. He brought. He came into the Giants for a veteran minimum deal for a reason. So while these moves look good on paper right now, let's wait till we get the helmet on. Let's wait till we strap on. Let's get. Let's get in the training camp. Training camp tickets open for season ticket holders on the eleventh. So that's going to be fun. I'm going to make sure I got my tickets and be there a couple days. Uh, we also have the um, uh, we we also have we're going to do I think it's August eighteenth uh, is the New York Giants uh, preseason game against the Carolina Panthers. We're going to take three subscribers again to the Coaches Club. We get to go to the Coaches Club, get to meet the players, get to hang out on the field. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff like that again this year. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that. And like I said, the Giants are, the Giants some way are just playing a dangerous game of chicken. You, you Saquon Barkley, like I said, is a cog to this team. He is, he is a person on this that you need to account for when he is on the field and when he is healthy. And like I said, he was healthy last year, and I think he continued to be healthy because I think I don't think he is injury-prone. I've said this before. I think, think he's just unlucky. So we have to just kind of wait and see what happens. we got to wait to see the roll dice. That July 17th date, it's quickly approaching. And again, this is Tim. This is New York Giants Straight Talk. And I'm out of here.